welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Today's just really special. We've been on a journey since August last year. Um, it's called the Prepare Project. And really, the heart is to pay off our church mortgage. Um, and not just so it's cool or we're debt-free, and that's great, but it's so we can impact people, so we can be positioned in a really great way to move forward as a church with lots of different things that we'd love to do because um, God's called us to do much um, together and we're excited about where he's got us um, and where he's taking us. But this morning we want to look back a little bit because I think we're very much present future leaders, but we want to be anchored into the past with honour. So it's very important to be present future, so we're not just locked in and now, we're not just locked into future, but we're understanding the tension of present future, but also we've got to have a link to the past because there's honour there, and there's a launching pad, and there's a, there's a floor there, there's a ceiling there, which is our floor. Does that make sense? Yeah. And we want our ceiling to become the next generation's floor. So um, it's a big deal that generationally we honour each other, it's a big deal to the Lord. So we're learning and getting better at it, and I'm going to hand over to Lee, and she's going to um, introduce what we're doing today. So great. Awesome. So um, last week we announced Justin and I were sharing, so obviously a lot happened in the last week, from that announcement last Sunday to now today. So Monday morning, um, I was in some um, Zoom calls and, and, and working Monday, Tuesday, all of this unfolded Monday, Tuesday, and God is so kind and he's so good. And he knew I was announcing, don't come Sunday, come Monday night. He knew all of that. And in his goodness, he's still planned today. And um, so we discovered Monday, we, I and then Justin discovered that 30 years ago this year, our church bought this land. Just let that sink 30 years ago. So you're all waiting for a big announcement on the mortgage. We're going to do that next weekend. <laughs> so just let you know, no announcement today. But we're doing this today, 30 years ago. And there's something hugely significant with 30 years, which if you don't know, read your Bible. Um, so <laughs> um, hugely significant with 30 years. And so 30 years ago this year, this land was purchased for our church. And then in finding that out, I also found out that the three couples, the six main people that built this church, that laid the foundation of this church that we're standing on, were coming this weekend and next weekend. And none of them live in Melbourne. The chances of finding this out, the chances of all six of them being in Melbourne at this time is like slim to none. And you can only go, coincidence or God? We're going with God. So um, when all this panned out on Monday, Tuesday, Justin and I were just chatting and we're back and forth working everything out. We just went, we feel something's really significant for our church to hear a bit of our past. And I'm asking questions on past prayers, past prophetic words, past... Oh, you just cheered me on. Um, past um, vision. Because when people go like to other churches and God moves people to countries and states, those words remain for the church. All of a sudden those prayers don't become void or those prophetic words don't come to fulfilment just because someone moved to a different field. Yeah. They were for this church. And for us to hear it, for us to grab a hold of it, for us to go, oh my goodness, this is what was laid, this is what was prayed, this is what was said, this is what was declared, this is what was, um, you know, sacrificed, this was what happened before us. We now then get to go, oh my goodness, we're going to pick that up for things that 
like last, this last week, I found out so much about a history that I had no idea about, that I've been able to pick up and go, oh my goodness, I'm carrying that and going to continue that. And I want to build on that and sow into that and pray into that and join with that so that my children can reap that, so that their children can reap that, so that it continues going. So today is a day of celebrating 30 years, celebrating what God has said, what God has done, that we are walking in and receiving today from the people that actually laid it. How cool is that? So you're not hearing it secondhand from us, but you're hearing it from the horse's mouth. So can we please stand? And welcome, uh, Pastor Mick and Ruth Aegis. Come on down, sit wherever you like. Um, and Pastor Tim and Bron Perry. So great. So grab a, grab a mic. Uh, and Sorry. and so thank you very much. Um, Lee's going to be a mess during most of this, so I hope she's got her. Maybe you should need to show me the questions. I've got them written down. Oh, I can't read your writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there you go. Great. You want to do that? I'll do it at the end. You do this. All right, I can, I'm, I'm composed for now. All right, first question. I got like worse writing than a doctor, so that's if you want to see it, it's pretty horrific. Um, first question, introduce yourself. When were you part of Echo Church, Destiny Harvest? What was your role? We'll start with Mick. What was your role? Say hello or go Ruth or do it together. So we started at church in Harvest Church, which was the original name of the church, on the very first service in uh, Bluff Road. Um, what was it? Was it Moorabbin? Yeah, can't remember what the, which suburb it was then. Was it Hyatt? Um, anyway, um, and that would have been... We're working out probably the beginning of 1985. So, um, and that was with Pastor Tom Rawls, who was the senior founding pastor who pioneered the church and so yeah so we were we were very very young in those days so. <laughs> just to clarify yeah in fact so young that we were the youth pastors so we were the inaugural youth pastors of the church come on yeah. come on yeah. so very first service yep very there first there we go service. first service um what became your so youth pastors and then how did that develop Okay, so after and how, being, you were here for how many years? Sorry, we were here for fourteen years. So we we went right through. So yeah, youth pastor. I eventually took on the business side of things as well. So I suppose I was the unofficial business manager, if you like. When we built this building, the second office next to Mike's office was my office, the one with all the cupboards and the different things in there. Ian's yeah, office. It was built for me, <laughs> and. Um, yeah, so I ended up being the associate pastor here when we left in 1998 to go take over a church in New South Wales. Awesome, awesome. Go, Bronnie. Come on, Bron. I'm Bronwyn Perry, and I got saved into this church in 1988. Woo! So this is home for me, always has been. Um, I immediately, I was studying at the time and then volunteered at the church as a church receptionist and then married a kid from Bible college. <laughs> we did bridal college together. Um, and then after that, we were working in youth, 
And then I ended up working in women's ministry and Bible college. We set up and established a Bible college here. And business management. Apparently, if you do business management, then you leave. So uh, <laughs> anyway, um, and my office was the one through that door there. And I was the one who put the door in because I got sick of walking all the way around to the auditorium. <laughs> I got one too. Tim, how long were you and Bron, how long were you guys here for? 17 years, yeah. is that right? I was in 88 till 2007. Oh, she was so. longer than me. Yeah. Yeah, go Tim. So um, I actually came, I met Pastor Tom Rawls in New Zealand uh, and he was the man, the catalyst for me be going from being saved to being a disciple of Jesus. And I came, to, came here to go to the Bible College in um, Harvest uh, in 1989. Wow. Um, and... Yeah, came from a, a little place of 1,800 people to Melbourne and uh, ended up being the youth pastor under, actually Tom was just here for six months and yeah, met this one and everything happened. Um, <laughs> and then Mike came and I was youth pastor, then became youth pastor, children's pastor, children's pastor, worship pastor, um, community outreach and elder, or, uh, just whatever. <laughs> <laughs> And now missionary. And can I just highlight for those that don't know, um, Tash and Benj and kids are in LA at the moment. But just the history. So Mitch is our current worship pastor. Then there was Al did an eight-month interim stint. Al, talking to you. He's talking to someone else. Al, thank you. Before Al was Tash. Tash is away at the moment. Before Tash was this guy. For those that didn't know, before this guy was this guy. So um, we have a, um, a phenomenal history of worship in our church and, and just people, um, you know, Jesus. yeah, yeah, who love Jesus, Jesus. And, uh, and are just yes, faithful. Um, so, yeah, very cool. Um, before we get into the 30 years of this land, all the rest of that, Mick, do you want to give us a, a quick highlights reel? on how we got to this point. So where it started and go through that. Okay, so the church went through certainly um, numerous buildings that we rented, school halls in Moorabbin, um, what used to be the bingo hall. I don't know if any of you remember, there was a bingo place next door to Southland or a few doors down from Southland. So we used to have church services in there. And, you know, from the very early days, it's amazing... It, the influence this church attracted. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we, we had so many media things done about the church, uh, newspaper articles, um, news stories on, on TV. And we weren't like a huge church. We were only well, maybe a couple of hundred people. And, and, you know, in comparison to other churches around Victoria, we certainly weren't. And even the speakers that were attracted to come speak at our church, it was amazing. We were always punching above our weight. Um, and eventually, when Tom went to the mission field in Thailand and Pastor Mike and Julie came and took over and Lee was just a little girl. And, um, yeah, Mitchell was on the way, that's right. Yeah, he wasn't quite here yet. He, he got delivered. Um, yeah, and... Pastor Mike had it in his heart, well, we all did, that we really needed to find a permanent church home. Yeah. And Pastor Mike was the one who found the land and we needed to make it happen. And at, at that stage, the church had never, ever taken any huge offerings as such. Um, 
and the land was, you're going to laugh at this, $350,000 for the 10 acres of land. And of course, we knew from the very beginning there was a bit out the front to be earmarked for a future bypass, which is obviously no longer future. Um, and yeah, we, we decided that we needed to take up an offering and we needed to raise some funds to be able to purchase the land. And we did that. We took up an offering and I can't remember the amount, but it was somewhere in the vicinity of $50,000 that we needed to take up to be able to have a deposit and then borrow some money. And I'm, I remember taking in excess of that $50,000. And then one day we were just out here on the land looking it over um, with somebody's father who wasn't from the church, the person was, and he said, did you know you could sell off this topsoil? That's right. And we thought, who on earth wants to buy dirt? <laughs> But, of course, down the road was Dinsan. I don't know if they're still there. Dinsan is still there. Yep. So they used to have the tip and the big nursery and everything. And somehow we got talking to them and we came to an agreement. So Dinsan sent in all their trucks. They did all the excavation work and everything for us for free. They took away all the topsoil and cleaned it and unsold it. And basically our dirt was the equivalent of about $120,000. And they provided us with all the road base and everything and all the trees that you see around the place, they gave to us. Wow. So trees were just trucks were constantly coming through, you know, delivering trees and they had the price tags on them and some were in excess of $500 a tree, you know, wow. and they just gave them to us. Just incredible favour came upon us and, yeah, it was just incredible, really was. So cool. I love that. I love that back in the beginning, I love what you said, Mick, the church was punching above its <laughs> weight and we still are. Like that's, you know, Hayley tomorrow night, how many other churches wanted her and we got her because Holy Spirit put us on her heart. And you just go like there is something significant that God is doing here that he always has done and it's, it's, it's a gift that we carry as a church which is phenomenal. Yeah, really cool. Um, all right, I'm going to ask one more question then hand it over to Justin. So you got the word, mum and dad got the word to buy the land and then to build. This is for all four of you because you were on the team at the time. What was your reaction? Why did you go along with it? How did you, how did you get to a yes point? How did that all feel inside of you? And then why did you? support both financially and physically to the project. Tim, do you want to start us off? I believe that this church has always been called as a church of encounter and a church of breakthrough and pioneering. Going forward, we, we were continually trying new things, eh? having a crack. Let's, okay, let's start a church over here. Let's send someone there. Let's send someone here. Let's, let's have a crack. And to me, it was, well, when, God, when your dad said that scripture in Isaiah, and of its foundations, let them be built... Just the presence of God. I remember it. It was like, whoa. And it was just like, this is the next move. And I want to be a part of this. Yeah, I want to be a part. And it was this whole feeling of this is not just about us. This is about the future. We're going to play something forever in this place, something eternal that my kids who were like 
They were really little, you know. They were down here. My kids will have something in the future. And there was this whole passion about it where it was like, this is God. This is God. This is our... And it was a huge step for us. It was massive. It was way beyond us. But it was like, this is right. And yeah. I think I was probably a bit slower to come on board with it because I'm more of a thinker and I was thinking the numbers. Passion. <laughs> Tim's passion, he's all heart in there like that. I'm more of a thinker and I sat back, but I couldn't help but see God on it. Yeah. And like so many people in the church uh, were like me, like they thought for a bit, there's always the jumpers and then there's the thinkers. And as we thought through it, but all of us just got on board with the project and sacrificially so. Like Tim said, the church was always known as a breakthrough church. It was seen as the out there church, the ones that were groundbreakers, doing things that no one had done before. And I think that's part of the anointing on this church, to break new ground. But with that came leaders, came people, came a, a family of people who got behind the breaking of new ground at a level of uh, contribution or sacrifice that was also groundbreaking. I remember hearing stories of people who just, instead of getting their wages for six months, got the wages sent directly to the church for six months, of people who put up their family farms for the church at different times. When I say that in plural, it was singular. A person who put up their family farm. Um, incredible checks that were put in, and people did it anonymously in, in amounts that were just incredible. And I believe that that is also an anointing on this church, that God speaks to people and they are giving beyond their measure to a vision that is beyond their comprehension for a God who is beyond all that we know, think and imagine. And I just think that's part of who we are as a church. I guess for me, I'm, I'm the only one of the four of us that wasn't on staff. Um, I'm a nurse like Pastor Julie Smith and she's been a great inspiration in my life, I must say. Um, and um, I was very inspired by Pastor Mike and Julie saying, this is the vision and in casting the vision, they, they said, you know, that they were going to give above and beyond and that was the challenge for me. It's like, right, we're in this too. So um, we both had a figure that, of what we wanted to give and it was over and above our capacity to give. So I worked an extra couple of days a fortnight for a year and we gave that amount. And when I went and got my account and my tax done at the end of the financial year and I had the documents from the church that um, Steve Nixon had done. He was our financial guru sort of at the time. And um, he'd, he'd done out all of the things according to what we'd given with the receipts and everything. And the tax company said to me, you guys earning this much couldn't have given this much. You know, you've got to put in what's practical um, and what's true because otherwise you're going to get audited. And I said, send the auditors in, guys. You know, that's, that's what we've done and that's what God's made able and, and it's all true. So, you know. That's so cool. <laughs> So it was so good. And our boys were both born in this church. Well, not literally in the church, but you know, <laughs> when we were part of this church, that's when our kids were born. And you know, it led me to think generationally. And you know, Lee asked the question, why? And it's because of generations. And you know, we weren't just looking 
and our, ourselves in our own time, we were looking way beyond yeah. and even way beyond today. Yeah, you know, we, we just were really believing for what God was going to do on our children's children and your children's children yeah. and beyond, you know, because God is about generations. Amen? He just, yeah. he just loves yeah. us. Yeah. Love it. Wow. So before just hitting here, you're talking about three families... Or with young children. We're not talking about... We're talking about four pastors and two nurses. You're not talking about business people with older kids at retirement age that have funds, you know, that they're debt-free and they have money to expose of. You're talking about three families with young kids at the beginning of their working lives, at the beginning of their housing lives, at the beginning of the providing lives, giving it all. I can relate to that. That's the season I'm in. Like, that's where a lot of us families are at now. And to look at our lives and go, oh, my goodness, now me confirm this is true. Ruth, sorry if I'm throwing you under the bus here. Did you work for free for a season? Yeah, yeah. Our, our... And when I say season, was it for a year? Yeah, for a year. Well, I was going to do it for free. They decided to pay me a day a week. So what happened is Ruth was, had the opportunity to do some intensive care training at the Royal Melbourne Hospital. And, and you know, we looked at the, the whole scenario and it was either three years part-time, which would have meant three years of just chaos and stuff with little kids and how on earth were we going to make this happen, or just do it one year full-time and I become Mr Mom for a year. So I... I went to the board and to the church and said, I want to have a year off without pay, you know, I'll come in and do bits and pieces, you know, what, what, what needs to happen and stuff during that year, but I'll be looking after the kids um, for that year. And they, you know, talked about it for a little bit and then came back to me and said, no, we want to keep paying you for a day a week. So for a year, I was in between, that was when we were in the warehouse in Redwood Gardens and, yeah... Yeah, we, we, we got through and, yeah, but, you know, I, I saw it as an opportunity because it was at the time that the recession we had to have yeah. came. Paul Keating really helped us there and, <laughs> and things were tight financially so I thought it would be a real help to the church too if I wasn't getting paid. Yeah. Which is full on. I mean, Tim and Brom were around when we all took half-day pay cuts mm. as a church if you, or maybe that was after you guys even. Money, money's but, not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> but not only the financial aspect, Bron mentioned this week you had a young child and you put yourself on the painting roster. I know Tim did a heap of work in the now creche room. Like time, we got some people in here, you go, well, I don't have time or fight like you got both. There's time of finance, and you could be time poor and have money, or you could be money poor and have time, whatever. But you guys gave all, all both finances and time. That's huge. With young children. With a family. With a family. Yeah, um, it's it's inspiring just to hear this. And, like, this is not – I think we've taught enough 
over the years to know that this is not an information session. It's an impartation, inspiration session. Like, when we honour the prophet in the name of a prophet, what do we receive? A prophet's reward. What does that mean? It means that there's an ability there, there's, an, a, there's a grace there to prophesy. When you honour a teacher in the name of a teacher, what do you, what, what do you receive? You receive a passion for the word and for things like that. But, what, but, but that is all across when people carry certain things that have demonstrated certain things and modelled certain things and lived out certain things. Paul says it really great. He says, we're re- absolutely, we're releasing grace to you, but we're actually imparting ourselves to you. Yeah. We're imparting our lives to you. So I would encourage you, um, if you are in information mode, the last 15 minutes, just slip into Holy Spirit. I'm in, I'm in impartation mode. There's something here for me that you're going to deposit. Because it's easy. If it's information mode, you're going to be all over the place. And it's like, cool, how does this respond? But when we slip into the Lord, what are you doing right now? There's, there's, a, there's an impartation by the Spirit which releases grace in your life to do what you couldn't do before. Is that cool? So good. Um, so a- any prayers... Um, any declarations? I mean, I'm sure there was, but I'm not, it was a long time ago. But was it any, even if it's like a theme or do you remember praying certain prayers or, or dreaming with God and declaring it or prophesying or any of the above around what would come? And we know future's in front of us and it's next week, it's next month and it's 20 years ahead. So it's not just about the long game. But yeah, what what some prayers or were there moments and a sense of and you partnering like a sense of what God wanted to do and you partnering with Him and praying and prayer meetings and things like that about what He might do. Trying to make that general, if you understand it. That's why Lee asked the questions. I don't remember the prayer meetings or prophetic words over the building as much other than it was at a major crusade that a prophetic word was given to lay the foundations here. But I do remember us talking. Like we, the six of us would often be together in meetings and just talking and we all had young kids. And I remember one of the themes that was constant in that, just like Mick said, was we need to do this for the generations. We want to hand on to our kids so they're not renting facilities forever. We want to hand on to our kids so that they've got a church that is in a good position to go forward. And and that was a real strong theme, that we, we wanted to set up the next generation, that they would have a platform beyond what we were walking on at the time. I um I just that just triggered. I remember um, that it was like we were you kind of when you're renting a place, you're not part of a community. And the thing was, I want us. We wanted to become. This is my heart. I remember, I'm, but it was like, if we have a built a place, we know our community, we know the people. You know, we can become part of that. And because that's always been my heart anyway. You know, is this engaging with our community, becoming part of our community, that we could be an influence in the community around us and to be an influence you can't be moving from here it just doesn't you have to be part of that community that that was the big big thing i know that's in your heart yeah i am i am i am i am it's in your heart and uh there's been things that you have attempted and tried and they haven't quite worked in that but it's eat the apple man there's a seed there's a real seed that you were sowing. And, uh, and can I just keep going? And um, 
and, and it's this reduction thing that's been happening in the church where we've had a lot of things. Oh, let's try this, let's try that, let's try this. No, 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 we we're coming back to reducing into it's Jesus. It's his presence. It's his power. It, it's who. What he's done in you, what he's done in Lee, what, what you've been through and what you're going through, is he's in it. He's on it. He's with you in it. Because it's, I, I just had this picture of right through, um, through scripture, you can see those that God has something great for them. There is great struggle. There is great personal struggle for every single one of them. And there's this, this, this burden in their hearts to be released into what God has. And yet there's this struggle going on on the inside in their, in their families. And every single minister uh, who, who has done, who's made, who's doing something for the kingdom of God, there is a personal struggle going on. And it's part of it, mate. And it's, it's forming you into who you are so that those seeds will be deep in the ground and they will produce great fruit. Great fruit. John 15, great fruit. Yeah. yeah. I think just. Um, oh, sorry. I didn't see you. No, no, you go first. Okay. Just going on with the relevance thing for the community. I remember when we first laid the foundations here, the concrete, all that was here was this big slab of concrete. And we were at a different church building at the time. And after church one day, we came over to celebrate that the foundations had been laid. And it was a really big celebration for the church. And we had a prophet with us at the time, Mike Berry. In those days, we didn't know as much about how to steward prophecies, and I don't remember what he said at all. You didn't know how to honour it, eh? We didn't know how to honour prophecy. We didn't know how to steward it at that time. But we came here, and Mike Berry was with us, and he knew we were coming because the foundation had been laid. And so um, we came, and he was expecting us all to have this huge prayer meeting on the slab and a big, you know, dedication service for the slab and things. But we just did it as Aussies do. We had a big picnic, a barbecue, (laughs) and we played cricket on the slab. (laughs) And and that was our big celebration. But what God was saying to me this morning, just as I was praying into this, I was remembering that event, and he said, this church doesn't do things out of tradition. This church was built to break through and also built to be relevant to the community in which it lives. That's why the church played cricket on the slab. That's why we had a barbecue here instead of a big religious ceremony on the slab. And I really believe this foundation was laid in relevance to the community. Yeah. I can't remember any words, but one of the things, you know, when we were talking earlier in the week, I really started to seek God for a word. And I just really felt God speak to me. You know, I do a bit of share trading, and and one of the things that I I focus on, well, the big thing I focus on, is small companies. I'm really speculative. I'm a big risk taker. And and I love small companies that are always looking for new things under the ground, hidden things, you know, whether it be lithium or whatever, okay? And... I just felt the Lord speak to me and say, you know, there's treasure buried everywhere. And the Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, that, you know, there's treasure in our earthen vessels. And that treasure has been placed there by God. And, And I really believe, you know, God's word for you, for us, is 
There's treasure yet that hasn't been revealed. Yeah, 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 There's yeah, treasure yeah, yeah. yet that hasn't been found. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's not for the ones and twos to find it. And just as Lee's been talking about the three couples, it's for the whole yeah. to find it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you guys are treasure seekers. That, that's your role in life, to uncover the treasure that God has put within you. You know, when I started taking over the business aspect of the church, I thought the things that I was doing, anybody could do because I found it so easy and so natural. And over a few years, I came to the realisation that no, not everybody could do it. And I realised that God had placed a gift on my life to be able to do that stuff. And I've gone on and done so many things, yeah, yeah. but it's because I discovered a treasure that God had put within me. You know, each and every one of you have got a treasure that God has placed within you. You know, this building, as great as it is to have, is about being a vehicle to house yes. generations. Yeah. Yeah. This morning we drove here in a rental car. It's not ours. It's just something that helps us to get to where we need come to on, go. You know, this church, this building is about helping you discover what God has purposed yes. for you. Yeah. There's treasure in your earthen vessels. Do all you can to find it. Please find it. Because it will be not just a blessing to you, it'll be a blessing to generations. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. Um, yeah, come on. Um, yeah, and that's, that's been our, our heart, is, is it's not about the building, but it's, it, it's on the, ten, the tension of it is it's super significant. So it's not just, ah, oh, it's not, a, it is, it's really important. But, but the, the essence of it is that that is, is going to happen and then we go out as treasure finders because it's happened in us. So we, know, we go out and we're finding treasure in other people because they, they're invited to the table as well. They belong at the table as well, those that don't know him. So that's the heart, is the Prepare Project. It's not about the building, although it is, it's about people. Um, and I'm, I'm excited, like just knowing that we're standing on these guys and Mike and Julie's uh, ceiling um, yeah, it's just, and knowing what Bella and Jude and, and their kids are going to be walking and, and moving in is just insane. So, um, yeah, be encouraged. Um, yeah, I had something brilliant to say, but I just forgot. Um, so just lastly, finally, um, yeah, sort of off the back of Mick, um, how would you encourage us right now, just with where we're at as a church, um, and, uh, and dreaming for the future and their role in it. Like, how would you encourage them, um, yeah, as part of this church? I, I just really feel just to say to you guys, well done. Yeah. You're still in the midst of it and it's well doing. Yeah. Okay? Keep on doing. You know, Galatians 6, 9 says, Do not grow weary in doing good for at the proper season you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. How many people give up just before they achieve what God has destined for? Very them? tempting. You're not going to. <laughs> Keep going. Word. It's a great word. Keep going. And, and I just want to encourage you, Lee and Justin, you know, you guys are special. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are special. You know, 
God doesn't have favourites, but I tell you what, you guys come close. Okay? And just want to encourage you, lead the church, guide the church. Nothing that happens shocks God. Nothing that happens takes him by surprise. Okay? Everything that is going on, everything that is happening, and, and I love the word, you know, prepare, you know, is in preparation for what is about. It's coming. It's coming. Just keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Um, two other things, just quickly. One of them was when we were planning this building right from the design at the start, we believed that that wall was only temporary. That's right. That wall was designed to be knocked out and extended and... In our time, it never needed it, but I believe a time is coming when that wall will need to be knocked out and extended. That's, it was laid in the plans for the building. The other thing, while I was, I was here last week and God just dropped something in my heart, um, Lee, maybe you can give me the details on this, but I believe that there's been an anointing on this church for barren women to conceive children. Do you know? Yeah. Have you got numbers behind that or anything? I reckon we've had about seven, seven babies. Okay. In the last couple of years, yeah. private... Uh, yeah. Interestingly, let's start counting. In the Old Testament, Sarah was barren and she had a baby. Rachel and Rebecca were barren and they had babies. They were three of the patriarchs and each had a baby because God wanted to show them that he was choosing the lineage for his, for his people. And so three barren women gave birth to show lineage that God had chosen. And then we keep going in the Old Testament and there was um, Samuel was born from Hannah who was barren and he became a prophet to the nation. And there was Samson who was born to a barren mother and became a prophet to the nations. And the anointing of breaking the barrenness brings a prophetic breakthrough. And I think this church is not only bringing a lineage of God, but also bringing a prophetic breakthrough. And then there was the Shunammite woman who was barren. And Elisha, okay, I'll get my Elijahs and Elishas mixed up. Elisha came and gave the word and brought a, a new child in there. I don't think we ever get his name but he actually died and was brought back to life. And it's not in the Bible, but in some of the Hebrew texts, sorry, the, the Jewish texts, which is called the, um, oh, I've forgotten, something rash, midrash, the midrash, the midrash stuff, midrash. <laughs> That's what Tim's doing, midrash. <laughs> the midrash texts, it speaks that it was that man was the man who died, sorry, the Shunammite son who died and was raised to life. It says that he is the one who was thrown dead on Elisha's bones and was raised back to life again. So that's six uh, barren women in the Old Testament. And then, of course, in the New Testament, there's John the Baptist who is born to a barren woman and also is prophetic and a breakthrough person. And I think there's something very specific on this church um, in that area. It's not just that barren women are conceiving. That is a miracle in itself and it's an anointing on this church. 
But in that, I believe there's a prophetic message that needs to be dug into more and followed up more, that it's about lineage and it's about prophecy and it's about breakthrough and that this church has those anointings on it as demonstrated by the um, women who are conceiving who have previously been barren. So good. Um, so that's a bit of history. And uh, next week we're going to continue to build with our mum and dad and then we're going to go the third week. Justin and I are going to continue to build for our future the third week and, and, and speak into that. And um, normally you'd give someone a bunch of flowers to thank them, but considering these two are about to go on flights today for one couple and Tuesday for another, that's, that's silly. So we've got a little thank you card here to say thank you so much. There, no names are on the corner somewhere. Turn it around, other side. Um, thank you. Church, can we just stand and thank these guys? Because uh, this is massive. It's coming. Moments passed. 30 years. 30 years ago, because a team rallied together, saw the Lord, was obedient, and purchased a block of land, we have a church in Dingley making a difference. We have a home. We're not renting. We're not moving about. We have a home. And how powerful is that, that we get to walk in that today, that we get to stand on that today, that we get to reap the rewards and the blessings of that sacrifice today, and that we also get to now choose how we're going to leave it and what we're going to do and how we're going to continue to build and what's in our hands to deposit into this place, whether it's a geographic, spiritual, physical, whatever. We get to look into all of that. Before we close today, I know we're now a couple of minutes over, I want to just mention a couple of things. The first one is I want to thank Ken and Ian. Ah! <laughs> and Patty, who's in Canada, who have overseen our church finances with, hang on, oversee our church finances going into the next budget for their faithfulness and their time and their diligence. Can't see Ian. I know he's here somewhere. Oh, right there. Thank you so much for this team, as well as our eldership core team with Mitch and Nolene for leading this church spirit-led. There is a tension between being faithful and practical and being faithful and faith and that tension this team works in beautifully is that we have to be realistic and practical but we also have to trust Holy Spirit and how you do a budget according to that and how you make decisions according to that and how you go forward according to that is a huge tension and as a church man these guys are doing it so well 
So thank you. And lastly, I want to take note. No, no, sorry, Justin, I didn't run this past you. I want to also just honour, um, we're standing, I just want to honour, ah! <laughs> good again, James. Come on, Jane. <laughs> Good again. Um, who was born here? On the third row. <laughs> <laughs> who was raised here? Who supported his parents on the mission field, whether he wanted to or not, as a teenager? who then came back and faithfully serves in our church, faithfully with his wife, Mel, who did a brilliant job this morning, faithfully. And there is like, I know that there's Mitch, I know that there's Lauren. Mitch, he's staff, I'm staff, but James isn't. And you give of your talent and you give of your time and you give of your generosity and you could have left and you didn't. And I really want to say thank you. Because yeah. in one aspect, being a pastor's kid is amazing and it is hard. And you see it. You see the struggles and you see the battles and you see your parents being faithful and they sacrifice and they're generous and we live it. Yeah. You're amazing. Yeah. Great job. So good. We're done. Can we, before we're done, yeah. pray for you guys? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Father, we just thank you for Lee and Justin. We thank you, Lord God, that you have called them for such a time as this. And Lord, we just pray that as, Lord God, you guide and lead them, that they would guide and lead the church, Lord God, into all that you have for them. We thank you for everybody here, Lord God, and for everyone that's coming tomorrow night. And pray that, Lord God, your incredible favour and blessing would just continue to be known. And that, Lord God, all that you have Lord, told us, Lord God, all, all that through prophecy has been said, Lord God, would come to fruition. And Lord, that you would be glorified in this place continually. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.